Hi, Dong. Hi, Dan. This week, no podcast, but we are going to play an interview that we had recently about an upcoming conference called the Flame Conference. You can find out more about that at flame-conference.com. It's February 19th through the 21st, and it's actually going to be virtual. Virtual. And it's by somebody who did a virtual conference last year and has a lot of experience with it. They did it before it was the popular thing to do. They did. So, awesome. And, and done by a couple of friends of ours from out there on the West Coast. Uh, we're pretty jazzed about it. And even we said, you know what, we don't have a podcast this time, but I want to get that interview out there. So uh, stick around and find out about it. It's going to be awesome. It'll be a blast. So, Dawn, as podcast listeners know, one of the things that we've missed about the year 2020 is that you and I haven't got to go out and present around North America like we normally do. Yeah, we're used to getting a little bit of traveling in, seeing a few people, and getting some classes in, teaching some classes, and none of that happened as of March 13th when we did the last thing at the space. But that doesn't mean that there aren't conferences happening. There are online virtual conferences happening. And there's some that actually happened last, started to happen last year and have already got it all figured out how to make a good online conference happen. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Master David and Bryn on to the producers of Flame Conference, which had their first online and virtual conference last year, 2020. Well, I guess it's this, well, year, this year, February 2020. February of 2020, <laughs> and have their next conference coming up February 19th through 21st, 2021. You can find out more about it at flame-conference.com, or you can find out more about it by continuing to listen as we welcome Master David and Bryn onto the show, who are going to tell us about it. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. So... When we were talking about this initially, I said, oh, okay, you guys are doing a virtual conference like everybody else. But you started last year. Your first conference last year was a virtual conference. So why did you make the decision to do a virtual conference? Well, there's kind of a funny story about how this whole thing happened, uh, came about. Um, we, we had just wrapped up our time as being title holders, and we came, how, uh, came home from South Plains last year. And uh, within five days of coming home from South Plains, both of us were working from home when COVID had hit really hard. And we were having a conversation and, and we're just kind of trying to find out and navigate how, how to move forward and help our title children in, in their year. And so I, I looked at Bren and I was like, hey, let's, let's get a hold of them and let's do a little like intensive. Maybe they teach a couple classes and we teach a couple classes. And I'm pretty sure what she actually heard me say is, let's put on an online conference. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of how it all came about. Okay. And it's just so interesting to me now that um, – Obviously, as COVID has hit, uh, everybody's trying to do a variety of online things and online conferences and stuff. And some of them are not done by people that put together conferences normally. They think that just having a Zoom call with 20 people is their version of an online conference. But what I'm looking at here is that last year, you had over 1,000 attendees. That's that's just insane. How did you have – do you have the – who has the technical, <laughs> the uh, technical chops to put all this together? 
I'm going to let, I'm going to let Brent answer that part. <laughs> um, so I actually have a pretty good background in event producing um, because of some, some things that I do in my personal world. So, you know, when you've put together an event for, you know, 5,000 plus people, this didn't seem quite so challenging. Um, but we also kind of expected we would see like 50 people. <laughs> And when registration went up and we started seeing the numbers roll in and we got to like 450, we were like, oh, that's a lot. And then they went to 550 and we were like, oh, that's a lot. And when we jumped over a thousand, we were like, um, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> but I think it was, we were very timely in that, you know, like not everyone was doing this yet. We were kind of the, the, the first ones out the gate to put on something like this. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, trying to figure out what was gonna <laughs> what was gonna work for something like this. And we definitely learned a lot from that first year. Um, and it even kind of grew from what we had originally intended because, like, like David was talking about, we had, you know, he had the idea of us and our title children and a small little thing, and then it went to okay, we'll do two tracks of classes, and then we ended up with. 33 classes and a keynote and social time and it just kind of became this beast of its own that yeah um in retrospect was a lot more than we had thought we were taking on which mm -hmm. is part of why we gave ourselves a year this time to get ourselves ready sure now one of the interesting things that dawn wrote down is that you're going to have more social spaces this time. What, what, how do you have social spaces virtually? What does that look like? So we've got, the way we're setting that up is we're going to, it's, it's going to be a Zoom room of its own where folks can just come in and socialize with other folks that have shared interests. So we are going to have a space specifically for um, queer identified folks, a space specifically for trans non-binary identified folks, um, BIPOC POC folks. We're going to have a couple cigar socials. Um, we are also doing an ASL hard of hearing social that will be all um, ASL communication based. So that, that'll be kind of a neat space. And then we're going to have um, like cool down socials where people can go and just kind of exist with other people. When we had our first event, a lot of the feedback we got is that people missed out on the you know, being able to have those conversations with each other. So we wanted to make sure that that was open and available for, you know, folks to just kind of commingle with the others that um, they meet in, you know, classes and, and have shared space interests with and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Now I'm looking at the uh, list of classes here. And oh, we know people. We know, and we like these people, too. You've got some great people coming out to do pre presentations for you. Sir uh, Luke and his Victor rock. Mm -hmm. Misty and Dom. Misty Dom is one of our yep, favorites yep. as well. Of course, Dr. Bob's a favorite of ours. Uh, and Master Jim Master and Jim Slave, Slave Marsha. Uh, Mr. Blue, Blue and Blue. Yeah, I know, Dawn and I are like, whoa. <laughs> We're like, whoa, we know these people. <laughs> Devin Stone. <laughs> do you When you put out an application for a virtual presenter is it any different than if you are booking for a uh, a live conference a, or a real-time conference 
So from, I think from the personnel side, so this year we actually invited our presenters Mm -hmm. um, and we invited folks that either us or somebody on our team had seen present virtually because it is a whole different thing. I think that was one of the things that we learned doing it virtually the first time is that there are some things that don't translate as well um, in a virtual environment. That's why you'll notice we don't have a bunch of play classes Mm -hmm. because those can be really hard to do virtual. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You just, you miss out on some of the nuance. We've actually tried to do a skill-based one virtually, and it's just not as easy without having the the audience there and, and things like that. So, yeah, we, we stick mainly to uh, head classes. Now, one of the really neat things about Flame Conference that I'm seeing is, and one of the differences, right, if Don and I have run a conference or two and a lot of your ticket price is based on the very fact that you've got to rent this big expensive conference space, this big expensive hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And plus people have to pay for their lodging as well, but that's just an additional cost. You guys have a very interesting pricing model. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we didn't want anyone to miss out. Um, you know, we're, we're big believers in education. That was why we got into... Um, title holding in the first place was because that was something that we wanted to be a part of. Um, so because we don't want folks to miss out on that, we set it up as a, as, as a sliding scale where, you know, $5 minimum, $20 is what we suggest. And you can really pay anywhere in between. And if you can't afford to pay the minimum, like we have it set up so where contact us, let us know, and we'll make sure that you get in. Um, and the really interesting thing about all of that is with those funds, all of that is actually being donated, um, to the Carter Johnson library. So all of our operating expenses are coming from sponsors and other sources and our registration is actually being put towards helping the community. Very cool. Yeah. I like that setup. Yeah, I do too. And I tell you, the more I look through this site, I tell you, uh, you know, just between, the, the four of us and the <laughs> few million podcast listeners. Uh, the real reason that we brought you guys onto the show is because you're friends and you want to talk about your thing. And we're happy to do that, right? We're happy to support our friends that way. But the more I look at flame conference, the more I am literally mm-hmm. enthusiastic about this. I tell you, I, it takes me, it takes a lot to get me enthusiastic about a virtual conference, but uh, the more I look at this, the more impressed I am. And it looks like you really, you guys really have something something special going on here. What do you do to keep people engaged and attentive in a virtual world that you don't that's, have? To? So here, well, that's my question because I'm like, Oh, a virtual conference. That means I'm sitting in my chair all day and you know, yeah. How do you keep people? Right. And, and you know, I've got all the other conflicts and, and of course, you know, obviously people that work from home have the same challenge, right? But is there anything that you've given your attention to or thought of and say, how could, how do we keep people involved, engaged, or do you let them say, you know what, this is on your own. If you want to be engaged, stay, pay attention. If you want to wander off to the uh, kitchen and grab a snack, then that's cool too. Well, and I think that, that what you brought up is it's a really unique experience with a virtual conference because um, it's kind of up to the to the attendee how they want to navigate the conference. Uh, we do, you know, try to have interaction with the presenters and all of that stuff through chat rooms, and, and we have classroom moderators that, that field uh, questions and stuff like that as well. But we also, 
I mean, how many times do you get to go to a conference in your pajamas? Um, <laughs> you never have to well. leave your living room or your house. Um, and so that's, that's kind of one of the feedbacks that we got last year from some of our presenters that presented from us was that they had people that were really, really close to them who had never been able to see them present at a conference because the people couldn't either afford to or the, the, the navigation or the, 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 the ability to go to a physical conference they just didn't have. And so this one specific presenter said that there's 15 people that there's really close to them. They got to watch them present for the first time ever. Very and cool. that really stuck with me. That really stuck with me. And, and well, I don't think that virtual conferences are going to take over our, our world uh, moving forward, but I do feel that it, they are going to be another viable option to possibly even reach part of the community that we haven't been able to reach before. Um, so I think we're really in a unique position to be able to let let attendees navigate the conference how they want to. Um, so I think that that's kind of cool. And if there's a class that they want to go to in one and they can't get to, then they have the ability to uh, maybe have multiple devices so they can go to two classes at once, which is just kind of something that we can't do in a physical world. Right. And and they expect me to do that at work all the time. So why not <laughs> at a conference as well? Attend both these meetings at the time. So uh, this right. is super cool. So like I said, you can uh, people can find out more information at flame-conference.com. And this is coming in uh, February 19th. I got one more question for you, if you don't mind. What was the... Uh, one of the things that I think is really cool about what you're doing here. Now, as you heard, me and Don are going through the list of presenters and we're saying, oh, look, there's one of our favorite presenters. There's another one of our favorite presenters. These are people that we've seen around for a long time. You've got something called the New Presenter Showcase. Tell me about that. Well, so, go ahead, Pan Brent. Um, so the new presenter showcase. So one of the things that, you know, we are passionate about is making sure that folks that have something new and interesting to say that, you know, maybe wouldn't normally get a chance to be heard, um, have that opportunity. And so when you look through our, the presenters we selected, like, yes, there's a lot of names that we know, but there's also names of folks that like maybe are more known regionally, um, and with the new presenter showcase, what we're doing is giving an opportunity for those folks who are like, I want to get into presenting, but it is so hard. And it's so hard to know, like, how to navigate that and where to go and, you know, who to talk to and how to get a foot in the door. So this is our way of giving them that opportunity. And what we're doing is patch, we're selecting, you know, up to six people to participate and they will be matched with a mentor who will kind of help them through the process of like creating their short little snippet. We're just doing a 10 minute presentation, which, um, you know, just to give folks kind of a, a taste of what they could be like as a presenter. Um, so that their mentor will help them set that up and go through their notes with them and answer questions they may have. And then during the showcase, they'll get feedback from the panel of mentors that we have who are all, presenters in the community currently. Um, and then those same folks have, have agreed to stay with them afterwards and be available to, you know, answer questions and, you know, maybe help them figure out like, how do I, what's, what are my next steps now? 
And we are also potentially offering the opportunity for them to present for us next year. Um, should we do flame again? And should we find somebody that we're, you know, really excited about? Um, so that's, that's kind of where that is. And I'm not going to lie. We kind of stole the idea from G, uh, GLA a few years ago. The event that um, oh, Shark Tank. I was going to say it was called Shark Tank because Dan and I were part of the judges of that. Yep, you sure were. <laughs> <laughs> we went to that event, and I just I remember being so enthusiastic about some of the folks that we saw, mm-hmm. and then never heard from them again. And I was, I, it made me sad because some of the people that you know presented for you all were amazing and had really amazing things to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we've heard so for me, it was, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was, let's take advantage of this opportunity to, you know, get these, these folks seen that, I mean, some of the submissions we had were amazing. Um, You know, the application has already closed and I've taken a look through them and some of them are incredible and have like really interesting class topics that you don't hear all the time. So I'm really excited about what that could end up looking like. Nice. Very cool. Guys, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, really enthusiastic about flame conference. Looking forward to being an attendee, which I almost never say. I, so uh, <laughs> trust me I, nowadays being on the computer no longer feels fun for me anymore, but I think I'm going to try this one out. And it's, it's hard for us to be attendees to events anyway. So this is a medium where we can do that and not feel like we have to, volunteer or want to volunteer to help take out the trash. Oh, I was already no looking trash. at the volunteer. I was already looking <laughs> at the volunteer page. Volunteer you know, that's because that's who we are. Uh, guys, thanks very much for being on the podcast tonight. We're going to get the word out about this. I hope you have uh, great success this year. And I laugh at the idea. This will be the last year. This is the, uh, I can't imagine a situation where this doesn't continue on. Well, thank you so much for having us. And, you know, we kind of go by that model of Master Jim and Slave Marsha and Sir Cougar Cougar about, are we going to keep doing this? Are we going to keep doing this? And we make our decision like the last day. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you again for having us here tonight. And and just one other thing to say real quick is um, we found it really, really important that we wanted to um, be accessible to as many people as we possibly can. And so, we've done a lot to make sure that there's going to be ASL interpreters for every single class that the event is putting on. Nice. There are also going to be uh, interpreters there for the panels and for the opening ceremonies and the, the keynote and the closing ceremony. So we felt that was really important. We wanted to make sure that we shared that. Very cool. And, and very much appreciate that. Um, I think that's that's great that you've remembered to add that in as well, especially even in a virtual domain, right, where people may not think that's important. Um, it's still still part of the situation, part of the deal, and that's that's great. Cool. I see now I'm watching the, the <laughs> flame interpreter watching. talking about it instead of talking on the podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks again, guys. Um, maybe we can talk in March, and we can you can tell us how great it was. That would be wonderful. We would enjoy that. Okay, great. Take take care.